Hello again, and welcome back to Daily in the Word. I am your host and teacher, Rich Chassie. And today we dig in once again to John chapter 1, will be in verse 19 through verse 34, as we look once again at this early portion of John's gospel as he introduces us to another John. This is John the Baptist that he introduces us to and his early ministry in the life of Christ. I want to encourage you once again to pray as we approach the text and as we begin to read. We'll start in verse 19. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah or Elijah nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one, or this is the Son of God. Now we have gone from John's theologically rich prologue to now some kind of exciting historical narrative, the story. He gets into the story, and there's a sense where we start here in verse 19 in a way that matches Genesis 1. Genesis 1 reveals to us the six days of creation, and now introducing Jesus, he does this in six literal days. And so we have the text talking about on this day and then the next day. And if you follow through the six days that John reports on all the way through chapter 2 and verse 12 with the wedding at Cana, you have this narrative that begins to develop as as he is introducing Jesus, the Son of God, to us. And as he does this, understand that John, John the Baptist, understands the idea of, of Jesus coming as the sacrifice for our sins, as the Messiah. 
John the Baptist was the son of a Levite priest. He's very familiar with the sacrificial system at the temple and how the lambs were sacrificed for the forgiveness of sins, at least in a temporary way. And so now John the Baptist is here introducing us to Jesus. It is the fulfillment of his calling. John is at the tipping point, the the very tip of the point of transition between Old and New Testament, between an old way of doing things based on the law to now a new system with Jesus as Lord and Savior presenting to us this this fullness of grace and truth to us. And so John's ministry is something that causes a stir among the people. And so now in in verse 19, these Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, and there's a reference here to the Pharisees who were in charge of, at least as the people in Israel considered them, the Pharisees were in charge of and were the Uh, the people who kind of called the shots in terms of their religion. And so they sent these priests to where John the Baptist was doing this with the mission of finding out who this is. He's baptizing these people in, in a way that was new and different from anything that we saw in the Old Testament. He's washing them in the Jordan River. The word baptize means basically to wash dip, to immerse. And this is what John is doing, not in terms of them expressing their faith, but in terms of the people who were being baptized were expressing their repentance from their sins so that they would be prepared to see, to recognize, to welcome the coming Messiah that John was saying, there's a Messiah who's coming, and I'm here to prepare that way. And so when these messengers are sent from Jerusalem, he does not fail to confess, it says in verse 20. He, he, he doesn't kind of mix words. He doesn't play with it. He doesn't try to leave them confused into who he is or who he is not. And so when they ask him, who are you? Are you Elijah, which is a a reference in Malachi that talks about Elijah being the one who would come and prepare the way for the day of the Lord, which is a reference in prophecy. So they, they thought, well, Elijah never died. So maybe the way that he left is the way that He's going to come back and, and and introduce the world to this conquering king who was going to come and rid us of Rome. Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. He said, are you the prophet? And he said, no, I'm, I'm not the prophet. And notice the answers to these questions are progressively shorter. Are, are you the Messiah? I am not the Messiah. Are you the Elijah? I am not. Are you the prophet? No. Finally, they said, well, who are you? Why are you, if you have no formal title, then give us an answer so that we have an answer. We got to say something. They sent us here to find out. So who are you? And so then John replies from the words of the prophet Isaiah, where the prophet talked about, and this is a a reference to the the coming of, of Jesus, his first coming, 
I am the voice of the one of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. In other words, I'm just the precursor. I'm I'm just the the opening act. The, the main act is coming after me. And, and so if you're not the Messiah, the, these people who were sent to question him, if you're not the Messiah, if you're not Elijah, if you're not the prophet, then who are you? In verse 26, I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. Now, understand, the Pharisees, their main job was to, hey, we need to be be able to identify the Messiah. We're prepared in such a way that when he shows up, we'll be able to point the finger and say, there he is. And so John is saying, you guys have failed at your job because among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. And then John makes this statement, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And this is a reference to feet washing, that it was the slave of the house, that when well, when, when guests or when the owner of the home came home and when guests came into the house, the, the slave was to go and untie the sandals and wash the feet of those who were coming into the home. And he is saying, listen, this job of the slave, I'm not even worthy to do that for the one who's coming after me. What a remarkable statement of his humbleness, of his humility, of John's willingness to step aside and to say, it's not about me. And then in verse 28, it says that this all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan. This is not the same Bethany of Mary and Martha and Lazarus fame. This is a a different Bethany. It doesn't exist today, but it's somewhere, it was somewhere near the Jordan River there where John was baptizing. And the way that that John, the Apostle John, who writes this now, and, and now remember that John, as he is writing this, he's an old man somewhere in or around Ephesus as he's writing this, and all of his friends and and fellow apostles, they've all been martyred now and and were gone, dead and gone, for uh, at least two decades, probably three decades. And he's writing this in verse 28 because he was there. He saw this. He, He was a witness to what happened with John the Baptist and the introduction of of Jesus. And then we come into verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming. And so again, we're we're following this timeline, this six-day timeline. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. Now, this is not John's first sight or, or first introduction of Jesus. Of course, we know that they were cousins, and we know that John had baptized Jesus before this. Jesus had been baptized by John. He'd gone into the wilderness at this point and had those 40 days and nights of temptation. And he's come through that experience. And now John sees Jesus again and says of him, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is an incredible statement that John, the son of a priest who understood what lambs represented in their Old Testament economy, that that lambs were the ones who were sacrificed, whose blood was shed 
for the sake of of them being able to be temporarily forgiven of their sin until the one who was to come. Again, from Isaiah 53, this suffering servant, this lamb who was led to the slaughter, who would shed his blood and die to take away the sin of the world so that the world could be forgiven of their sin, so that you and I could be forgiven of our sin. And John is able to, I believe, supernaturally see this early on in the ministry of Jesus, that when Jesus came as Messiah, as Son of God, his main task was to be the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, for our sin. He goes on in verse 30. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And again, it's a reference to the eternality of Jesus, that even though he was younger than John in earthly years, that Jesus, the Son of God, had existed in eternity past, and John recognized that. He says in verse 31, I myself did not know him. Even though he he knew who Jesus was in terms of his cousin, his younger cousin, But they didn't have an ongoing relationship. They lived in two different parts of the nation of Israel, and so they didn't have an ongoing relationship in an earthly sense. But he did recognize that Jesus is indeed the Son of God, and that the reason, again verse 31, that I came baptizing with water was that he might, that Jesus might be revealed to Israel John the Baptist's whole ministry was pointing to Jesus and saying, ding, 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 here is the one. This is the one we've been looking for. This is the Son of God. This is the Messiah we've been waiting for. In verse 32, he talks about the Spirit coming down from heaven as a dove and and remaining. This word remain or abide is a a fantastic word that John, the Apostle John, will use throughout his gospel. Uh, It's one of his favorite themes. The Spirit not just coming on Jesus to anoint him in a temporary way like we see in the Old Testament, but that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and remained there. He was always a part of Jesus' ministry. And so he's describing what happened that day when John had baptized Jesus and the the Father spoke from heaven, this is my beloved Son, and and the Spirit comes down, the, the invisible Holy Spirit, in a sense, makes an appearance so that it, it's, it's as if a dove comes and, and descends and sits over top of Jesus, and that was an expression of anointing the Holy Spirit anointing Jesus in that way. And again, John says, I myself, I I did not know him, but the one who sent me, the Lord who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man whom you see the Spirit come down on and remain, there's that word again, remain, is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And that's certainly what happens when we trust Christ as Savior, the Lord Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And John says, I have seen and I testify that this is the one. This is God's chosen one, or this is God's, the the Son of God. And so 
Lord, we are so thankful that you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, into the world and that John was faithful to identify him, to humble himself, and to point to another, to point to the one who was to come to Jesus. Lord, may we have that mindset, that it's not about me, it's not about any of us, it's about Jesus. And may I live my life, may I live my life in such a way so that when people look at me, when people interact with me, that they see Jesus. They they see the love, they see the, the grace, the goodness, the truth of Jesus in my life, and that they would want to say, I want that. I want what what Rich has. I want what each of you have. If you have trusted Christ as Savior, that you have something that this world needs. You have a relationship with the God who created you. So Lord, I pray that each of us would have this impressed upon our hearts. Lord, we love you, and we want that to be expressed in the way that we live. So on this day, today, may I live for you, and may I consider myself an extension of John the Baptist in that way, that I am not the sun shining brightly, that's Jesus, but I am simply the moon, a reflection of the sun, the light of the world in my life. And may people see that reflection of the light of the world in my life and respond to that. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for your incomparable word that you have given to us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank you for listening again, once again, on this day. And I I hope that God blesses you this day and uses you for his glory and for his honor on this day, whatever it is that you have planned. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time on Daily in the Word.